don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds. When you look at some of the language in the job specs, community management side versus maybe some of the brand strategist side. You're looking at more emotional intelligence based language or language that seems more appropriate to a typical female characteristic. Whereas on the more brand strategist and higher up digital roles, it's things like we want ninjas, we want dominators, we want people that can smash it out of the park. We sat down with Elizabeth Knights Ward, who is a social media consultant and an avid supporter of social media managers and community managers. Lizzie was here to discuss whether or not the digital industry has a prejudice towards social media managers. There's this entire misconception that this role is very, very entry level and therefore you get shyer, more reserved people that might come forward for it because they think it's behind the screens and then it might be young girls just starting out. I do believe that it's being portrayed as a more feminine job. All this and more coming up. Is the digital industry uh, prejudiced to social media managers? I'm going to come out and say it's a cold cut. Yes, I I believe so. Um, But through a misunderstanding and miseducation about what digital is, what social media is and the opportunities that you can um, sort of get uh, by by doing it effectively. And I think those that are at the front line on socials, the social media managers and community managers, they do struggle to sort of sell in that case and therefore uh, have a feeling of gravitas, a feeling of respect, and it sort of works both ways. There's a a lot of miseducation and misunderstanding, I I think. So yes, I'm going to say yes for now. (laughs) Because obviously, um, like we will all know, social media professionals in general, like higher ups and lower ups, Mm -hmm. uh, struggle for a lack of understanding and a lack of respect outside um, the industry. So like our parents won't know what on earth Mm -hmm. we do, um, our friends sometimes either. But I feel like social media managers and community managers are like the only social media focused role that struggles for that respect within the industry. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think the main reason that they they struggle uh, is because there's such a fine line between social media at work and outside of work Mm. because we are connected pretty much all the time whether we like to admit it or not you know a social media manager they might spend all morning preparing tweets Facebook posts to, to push out they might have a quick break but I would go so far as to say they're probably looking at their phone and then doing their own things there. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes very difficult to separate business versus um, uh, a play, if we say, or, or mm-hmm. social for, for what it was originally intended for, which is networking and catching up with your friends. And I think that brings about a, a misunderstanding that social is an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's, well, they're doing it anyway, so mm-hmm. they can just carry on doing it for a brand or for a business. And that's why you see these roles ending up as being built as very junior or entry level or the assumption that because that person is younger, that it's easy for them to, that they can just do it. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily have the grasp of the training that it might take to manage a crisis, for example. 
like what happens if someone tweets something terrible to your brand and Mm -hmm. a huge chaotic mess happens and this social media manager who literally has just come in like how do they manage that without the training and support but also the understanding (coughs) at the the higher level of how to support that person so there's a a big gap I would say in the training side of things Mm -hmm. on both parts so the social media manager or community manager and their boss or their boss's boss Mm. that means it's quite difficult to fly the flag internally for what an integral role it is because it's not just a, a mouthpiece. It's your eyes, it's your ears, it's literally your front line of the brand, yeah. that person, and the pressure that comes with that, especially if it's a high-profile brand, is really, really daunting at times. I think that sort of non-work attitude towards social, I think it starts with the recruitment side mm-hmm. because when I was onboarded as um, a social media manager, Um, all the sort of job descriptions that you see and the way that they try and pitch the position to you is this sort of, oh, it's a hobby, it's fun for you. Um, You may as well get paid for what you love Mm -hmm. kind of thing, Uh, which I think is it can be really effective in recruiting young people and getting people excited about the business and bringing them in. But at the same time, I do think it's really sort of dangerous rhetoric for upper management to get used to because then they think, oh, well, it's non-work. It's just play. And I think with that comes a lack of respect. Mm -hmm. So do you think that the recruitment process is where we should start building change? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That's the end of that answer. No, um, I think when it even comes to like crafting the job spec, in the last sort of, well, five years, the role of the influencer has just... It might even be longer than five years now, but it's just like gone from, oh, what's this newfangled mm-hmm. thing? This is a person mm-hmm. with hundreds of fo- well, thousands, millions of followers. That's great. To actually that being part of the job spec. So we want somebody that has their own following that can demonstrate mm-hmm. how they've built a community mm-hmm. and that they've done X, Y and Z. But obviously, when you are a brand that isn't necessarily selling a product or a, um, a service that is automatically universal or something that lots of people might love Mm. the misconception that you can have that influence and that ability to go viral very quickly if you bring one of these people in is there and you know it's even the language in the job specs that that's used as your to your point the whole you know it's kind of like do get paid to do what you love but we've seen there's a lot of research out there to suggest that a lot of time on social isn't necessarily good for you and Mm. if you're doing that as your Mm. job in your hobbies with your friends you lose the ability to go I love this like it doesn't feel that great anymore so the job spec is only the start of it I think the training and the onboarding side right at the beginning also um, plays a big part and the idea that social is an entry-level position I think if we could somehow find a way to transform that across every level of the organization so you know why for example can a senior marketing manager not consider or have social as part a core responsibility mm. why isn't the managing director having that as part of their core responsibility to represent the brand online so it's recruitment's the start of it but I think it's the training the follow-up and the onboarding that really is what will help change change the game for those people that come in at that at that entry level mm. It's it's funny for me being here. I definitely feel like uh, you know my role is social chain. I've sort mm-hmm. of had the blinkers on, yeah, because I've got friends who are social media managers and stuff like that, you know, and they are very much seen as sort of like you know an, such an integral part of the mm-hmm. business, you know, compared to what you describe outside. So, what are the I suppose 
some of the things that you hear for people for people who don't have that context, some of the things that you hear as uh, social media managers ask. So the classic one is, why didn't this go viral? Mm-hmm. Can you make this go viral? <laughs> can you can you make a you know a Facebook campaign with ten pounds or whatever? Because yeah. I know there's a there was a feed uh, a Fred sorry that went around on Twitter and with you know social media managers mm. replying all the ridiculous yeah. things they've been asked like the by worst senior management thing about being no, a social media it, yeah it's yeah completely... and it's hundreds of tweets but he did the guy did come out and put the best he did another follow up thread the best yeah. thing about being a social media manager because yeah. we have to remember that there's so many good things about oh, those yeah. roles yeah. and that's like why originally I like fell in love with it is because the instant connection you have with an audience at mass scale at times mm. to be able to help tell a story and really in, like just I love it but obviously it comes with its with its mm. kind of um, perils but some of the funniest things that I think I've been um, I've heard I've spoken to a lot of community managers and social media managers the viral one is always there like I just want this to go viral it's like it's like you said as, as well, it'll be... button that you switch, yeah. yeah, like just make it go viral. That's that's a classic. <laughs> it'll be businesses uh, as well, like you said, that don't necessarily have a product that people will adapt to or a message no. that people will naturally adapt to on a mass scale. Yeah. It could be like anyone from like a scrap metal co- company mm-hmm. to like a really, really tiny independent business with next to no uh, like audience mm-hmm. and they yeah. expect all of a sudden to have like the eyes of the world on one piece of content. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the, the other thing is it's the, well we're not going to be able to achieve anything because we are a scrap metal company or there's, we just need to tweet because everyone else is doing it. Mm. Someone does Twitter. That's fine. We've done it. That is one of the biggest bugbears that I've always had is we're doing Twitter. Yeah. We're doing Twitter. Right. Okay. Yeah. But as a scrap metal company, let's say there's hundreds of amazing things you could do on social. Like think of all the behind the scenes, amazing facts and stuff Mm. you could think about steel. I mean, what does it look like when it's made? How much weight can it take? Can you put it through a blender? Can yeah, you, definitely. Mm-hmm. Does it fly? I don't know. I'm making stuff up. But, you know, there's just so many creative ways to tell a story, yeah. especially if you're a stoic brand, you know, mm-hmm. that might ordinarily approach it going, it's literally a distribution channel because we have to do it. Mm-hmm. That for me was always more frustrating than I want it to go viral mm-hmm. because then you would sort of get into the conversation of, well, what would you rather have? 5,000 really engaged great followers that spread your message or 50,000 that really are just bought followers mm. or numbers that don't mm. engage. Like mm. that, there's always that education, which again falls to the community manager or social mm. media manager to try and explain the value behind, quite frankly, numbers that are difficult to put yeah. mm. money against. That's mm. it as well. You're constantly justifying your own position, yeah. even <laughs> to, to the people that you work with every day. You'll be constantly having to justify the value behind what you do and sometimes because these people are just starting out in the business often they don't fully understand the business yet themselves or the industry yet themselves and they're still having to be like the sole ambassador for it Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a lot of pressure on somebody's shoulders now okay typically they are younger and more junior because they are as we know billed as these junior roles but I think if we can spread the responsibility at different levels of um job title Mm. people will start to pay a little bit more attention to the importance of it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if you think about your average social media manager job okay it may have started as somebody just to do twitter or manage the facebook or whatever that might be but over time that has spread from everything to managing crisis to being customer service to proving what it means internally to maybe senior Mm. board level who i mean that is terrifying in itself because Mm. they don't Mm. really 
and it's not necessarily their fault. They haven't got that education on the value of it and actually what things like loyal community means over or in addition to revenue. Mm. Um, you know, you've got uh, the thing that I believe a social media manager is most critical for is they are the sort of linchpin between technology and your business. They are the human side of whether something will resonate with your with your audience. Mm. So you can pump everything out on a stream with technology and mouthpiece, mouthpiece, off you go. But they are the ones that are spending all the time seeing reaction, seeing response in their gut feeling, in their intuition. They will know if a campaign or if a message, whatever it might be, is going to resonate mm. with that with that audience and yes, social listening and all the kind of tracking that you can use is amazing and awesome and helps with that. But they are the front line of your business. They know, or brand, should I say, they know what's going to work. And I think that is a, a real critical component at that senior level that they need to understand that these people, they're not just a distribution channel who mm. sits and does X, mm. Y, and Z. They are. They can tell you actually what's going on mm. with your community, which is really important, as yeah. we all know. <laughs> so social media is like so. Obviously, like you said, one day it probably started with someone just do the Twitter, mm -hmm. and the thing is, it's so so much of a part of getting the businesses' messages out there mm -hmm. now that it's a wonder the people who are in charge of this ever-growing important channel yeah. aren't getting the growing respect that comes with it. Like yeah. It amazes me the amount of skills or the amount of tasks that you have to squeeze into your day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. It'll be mm -hmm. anything from content creation to mm -hmm. scheduling to creating the strategy yeah, and then seeing the results and analysing those and mm -hmm. amending the strategy. It's it's everything sort of bundled into one yeah. and yet they're not getting respected for any. Yeah, and that's it. I think, and that stretches to other job roles. I mean, it's quite rare unless I think... I don't know, you're a vet or a doctor or something very, very specific. It's quite rare that you are not expected to have a digital skill set these days. So, you know, it's if you were to become, if you were to apply for a graphic designer job, say, there is going to be an expectation that you understand how audience development and community building works based on factors of content. If you're a community manager, you're going to need to, at the very least, know how to use Canva or, mm. Mm. you know, Hootsuite <laughs> or, or whatever it is. You're going to have to know these things. Yeah. You know, which is why a lot of these um, sort of companies that are pushing out software to support these roles, they're also offering education training programs. Mm. So every social media management tool out there has a certification and that's something that you can put on your CV and mm -hmm. that spreads into some of the more creative tools. But you are expected to do everything. And I think while people can transform very quickly and can learn very quickly, that's amazing. But if you're not finding the right way to marry the experience with that, then their feeling of um, being supported and, and providing value becomes quite quickly, you know, questionable. They start to think, mm -hmm. well, what am I even doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've managed a full team of social media managers before. I've worked across many brands managing social media um, accounts when I was an, in the agency side. And my biggest challenge really was being able to manage everything I had to do and do it well. You know, a, a report saying our last campaign got 50% engagement and 70,000 video views is great. But how to then translate that to show what that means mm. or what we could do to change 
or to make it better, that's mm. where you need the more analytical side. Mm. So yeah. the thing I'd say about social media manager role is it's amazing for people who want to broaden their skills mm. and become yeah. whatever they want because it, I think it's sort of almost the lifeblood of, of oh, yeah. a typical marketing department these days. Oh, and if you're a so marketing crucial. team yeah. and you're not putting social at the front and sort of saying, how is this going to translate on social? Then you're not necessarily thinking about it from the from the um, very first point that your customers or audience are going to be looking for you. So, yeah. I mean, we have yeah. it ourselves, don't we? Our, our complete thesis now with everything, you know, within the marketing team, even from publishing blogs and stuff, is everything is social first mm -hmm. yeah. for that very reason, yeah. because that is, you know, right, people aren't leaving those point. platforms, are yeah. they? Mm -hmm. That's where they are and that's where they're consuming. It strikes me that it must be very... Uh, you know, because I know I, I can forgive my, you know, grandparents for not, not really knowing what I do day to day. But it's very, it must be a very disheartening thing mm. to not even be able to explain, you know, comfortably explain within your business, you know, what your role is you and why yeah. you it, have that reasoning there and why you have that importance. And, you know, it's... it's, it's I, think, uh, I think we're lucky here. Yes, I think we're in definitely. quite a unique position. Mm. And I sort of, all I have to compare it to my last job is maybe like, the both opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. so like the very typical worst of like what we've all been uh, discussing here yeah. and then the opposite end which mm. I think here is where we're obviously embedded in social so we're yeah. very progressive we understand its value and I think on our team we have um, like all of us are accountable and have some hand in some part of social mm. really yeah. do do it as a team and it's nice to see that work across levels and across uh, uh, job roles um, but I suppose my question is this is a we're an agency obviously mm. and my last job I was in house for a, a small company yeah. um, who hadn't done social before I was an apprentice at the time. They hadn't hired an apprentice before. Um, and do you think it's more prevalent, this problem, in in-house roles than it is agency side? Yes and no. I think both come with sets of challenges. Um, but I do feel that in-house is harder because, you know, when you're in an agency, I mean, you guys will know this, you have people coming to you wanting your help. Like mm. you are very much the experts and you're in a position because there is an exchange of a contract and services to give advice and be trusted in a way to go, we know what we're talking about because you do, proof is in the pudding. Um, but on agency side, the sort of, uh, I suppose, um, challenge comes with a lot of the time, if you're in a smaller agency, you are working on multiple brands and therefore it's difficult to put a lot of love and passion into every single one, especially if you're working with brands that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily automatically choose to. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're given, let's say, I don't know, let's think of a relatively stiff brand. Let's go back to the steel, the steel <laughs> company. If you're not completely in love with the idea of telling behind the scenes and scientific facts about steel, that might be a bit of a challenge to put your heart and soul into it. Because I think with, when you look at what, works on social a lot of the time or most of the time it is because of something that you have emotionally reacted to it's mm. why mm. see all these people with their big followings and the influencers who have started from their bedroom sharing poetry or you know sharing crafts or food or whatever it is because they loved it and it built because of that it was I mean nowadays it might be you know, I want to be an influencer, so I'm going to start this deliberately. But mm. it, it didn't start like that. Passion points in the yeah. early days, so wasn't if, it? Yeah. If you as an agency, especially someone coming in at the junior level, I spoke to a, a, an agency, um, a social media team leader at an agency, a big London PR agency that's just sort of moved into the world of social. I spoke to him about what it means 
be a social media manager where he is. And the phrase that he used was rite of passage. You have to do your rite of passage as a community manager before you can be given the the trust of a strategist or, you know, the next step. Um, and I found that really interesting because I feel that that's something that at that level it is. It's a rite of passage. You've got to do it. And if you have to work on a really morally questionable brand, that's what you've got to do. In-house there I think are more challenges because the responsibility on your shoulders to be the mouth, the eyes, the ears, the nose, everything, <laughs> everything of that brand is on your shoulders, mm. especially if it's a smallish business or you're a business that's just sort of expanding into social. It's usually one person tacked onto the end of the marketing team or sat somewhere between marketing and comms. <laughs> or if there's no marketing team at all. Or yeah, do everything. Do everything. <laughs> and everybody thinks that they're doing social but they don't know what that is mm. a lot of the time they're coming up against inter internal pressures of we've got I don't know we've got um, an event and we need to get sign up so you've got to push this out and you know you're sending like sign up to an event on mm. Twitter which yes. isn't by the way the event's next week or, is that yeah. enough time yeah. or you <laughs> no. know it's, we need to do we need to put something on LinkedIn we need to do Facebook we just mm. need to do it we've got to get people to this event yeah, yeah, yeah. and that social media manager or community manager is going okay well that where goes my content calendar is completely scrapped because I have mm. to try and put this in. Mm. No one's going to sign up because I know that it doesn't work because I look at the data. How the hell am I going to prove this mm -hmm. to that person? Mm -hmm. So the inter in the in-house role is always about having to prove what you do, what your worth is, why things don't work. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. I used to do a lot of, yeah. thank God for the data. <laughs> the data says nobody came and clicked on that link. Nobody read the press release. Nobody read... The, or watch the replay webinar. I'm sorry, it's mm -hmm. it's not you. It's just the way this is. It's we need to tell stories. We need to teach people things. We need to inspire. It's so, so hard yeah, to get across yeah. as well because yeah. all they care about, and you know, partly rightly so, they want to see a return on their investment. Whether the investment is just that social media manager's wage, yep. they want to see a return yeah. on that. So I guess like for me, it was always the hardest. Say because the business I worked for was so small, we had uh, competitors who were very well established mm -hmm. and uh, they, um, I suppose, wanted me to check up on the difference between our performance on social against the competitors. And I'd constantly get, you know, why why has their piece of content got this much engagement? But it, we've put out something similar, uh, mm. basically as good, if not better, if not higher quality. Why has ours not got those numbers? And it's very hard to explain. Well, social media, as well as it can be used, is not a magic solution. Yeah. It can't make mm. you, yeah. uh, you know, if you were a tiny tech company, it can't make you the next Apple. Yeah. At the same time, I think the expectation is so high. Yeah. Um, the way I used sorry. to sort of... Sorry, I'm interrupting No, you. no, not at <laughs> um, all, no. The way I used to get over that problem, because that's something that I still... I, I mean, it's just there, is... Uh, oh, I'm knocking the microphone. There was a couple of things. Um, the first was sort of throwing it... You're trying to reverse... I suppose we're talking about customer journeys now, so it might everyone might just block their ears, but reverse the customer journey internally so you map your departments against every stage of your customer journey and then you imagine one of your audience coming around and asking a question of each of that department I guarantee that there is something that social media impacts on that whether it is responding to a query um, sorting out an order problem giving a great piece of content the whole brand love side and advocacy and that's sort of how I would help departments understand that social can touch every part mm. of that mm organization so that was sort of the first thing but the other thing was really 
and I guess you can sort of beat your head against the wall with it because it's not a conversation that you have once as you'll probably know you know to prove the value of social it's like it's a long it's a never-ending story it comes with every piece of content it comes with every piece of content but it's sort of trying to I suppose demonstrate the moments of um uh positivity and excitement and Mm. results to tests I think all you need is one person at the senior level who gets it Mm. and who supports you and is willing to help fly the flag Mm. because a lot Mm. of the time it's actually even getting to those people to have the conversation and if you've got someone who can actually maybe field some of the cynicism Mm. then it's easier Mm. for that community manager regardless of how confident or not they are to have a slightly more valuable conversation so it's I'd say that's the biggest another another big frustration Mm. is that proof point internally that really isn't going away. No. You mentioned um, a while ago the uh, vanity metrics involved as yeah. well as so like massive yeah. likes, massive mm-hmm. shares and all of this. How, because obviously that's, uh, you know, this is not something that's always been the case. Like when we talk about the early days of social media, yeah. even, you know, social media agencies would admit that it was all about the vanity metrics. It was all about this reach and mm-hmm. this, that. So how has that sort of conversation impacted things along yeah. the way, moving away from vanity metrics when, on the other hand, you've got TV, which you can, you know, measure mm-hmm. ROI by views and uplift and whatnot. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I think it's not so long ago. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure people still do it because Instagram are just trying to combat the whole fake follower side of things. But it's pretty easy to show to show that you have an audience. Mm. So mm-hmm. anybody looking to, God, they've got a million followers and that's amazing. But as time has progressed we know that a million followers who are bots or who are not engaged they're not really worth anything so again I always had to have the conversation that goes back to what's more valuable like what actually are we trying to achieve with social if we are trying to drive revenue and sign-ups and downloads or money let's say from it then how are we going to encourage people to give us their details what are the campaigns and content (coughs) things that we can do that are going to help people put in their details. And mm. that becomes the, the metric that you track downloads or whatever it is. That's my thing. Mm. If, however, you want to raise your brand awareness or you want to you know, show yourselves to be this wonderful company that really supports certain causes, then it's you're not necessarily going to be focused on the downloads or the, the money side. You might be focused on number of views or depth of sentiment mm. or you know, how many people are actually sharing your content. So it's, all about mapping each metric to each business goal and if you are able to do that that gets everybody thinking that social first mentality how is this going to translate on social Mm. or what I used to say is how can social help with this goal like Mm -hmm. to your point it's not it's not going to fix everything it's not going to solve everything and 99% of the time you're not going to have a viral hit but Mm. social is a great support it's like the cheerleader right social can wave its pom-poms at everything that you want to do. That sounds so weird. Um, But you can, you know, it's there to help and there to facilitate. And that, I think, is a more valuable conversation internally than, yeah, I can guarantee we're going to get 50,000 hits and follows. And that's really important. To that point, it's so true. You you need only watch a television show on, say, Channel 4 or ITV, whatever, and you've got the the hashtag in the advert. You've got the click to Shazam. You've got this. You've got that. (laughs) You know, it's so sort of... uh, you know, it's such a synergy between them all. Um, one of the points I wanted to touch on, and this was something that uh, you p- put us onto that we read in Wired, um, and this mm. idea of social media I'm management and this. community management. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
being a pink collar job. Mm -hmm. And by saying that, I mean a very female, female yeah. orientated yeah. job. So where does that sort of stigma come from? Because again, me sort of walking around with my blinkers on, I'm sort of there. Do you know, it's funny because I think back at the, everyone I've worked with on social, the teams I've managed on social have all been women, mm -hmm. all been young, youngish women who mm. have, most of them found their way into it. They, they started doing another job, but social became part of that role because it was expanded. And I think, well, on that article, which actually I think has done the rounds because I'm pretty sure you pointed me in the direction of it first. Um, <laughs> there's really interesting piece on the language right at the beginning of the job spec side that is used. And I, I must admit, when I first read that, I was like, surely not. But actually, when you look at some of the language in the job specs on the on the social media side or the community management side versus maybe some of the brand strategist side you're looking at more kind of emotional intelligence based language or, mm. or language that seems more appropriate to a, mm. a, a, a typical female characteristic mm -hmm. whereas on the more sort of brand strategist and higher up digital roles it's things like we want ninjas we want dominators That's we it. want you yeah. know these people yeah. that can yeah. smash it out of the park That's it. it's things it that yeah. very yeah. competitive yeah. very competitive and that's a that's a stereotype mm -hmm. because i do know some amazing male community managers social media managers who care about their community mm -hmm. who love mm -hmm. nothing more than to spend time talking to them and give them great content and stuff like that so i know that it is a stereotype but i think as a result, you do get the sort of, oh God, it's just an endless conversation. There's this entire misconception that uh, this role is very, very entry level and therefore you get shyer, more reserved people that mm. might come forward mm. for it because they think it's behind the screens and then it might be, you know, young girls just starting out. And I, so I, I, I do believe that it's sort of being or it's being portrayed as a more... Um, feminine job mm. I don't believe it is a more feminine job no I, I agree and I think some of it it's not even explicitly meant no one mm. no one makes these choices yeah. willingly or that's just downright discriminate uh, discrimination yeah. mm -hmm. isn't it but I think it's this sort of um you know s subconsciously how we respond to those kind of terms yeah and you think naturally well typically things like multitasking being mm -hmm. uh, empathetic mm -hmm. yeah being able to uh, to sort of understand to the tone and the and the feeling <laughs> of a brand yeah. because uh, I guess what a social media manager or a community manager does at the end of the day is give a brand a tone of voice like a yeah. warm body mm -hmm. and that and that's something yeah. that naturally you'll associate uh, emotional mm -hmm. uh, aptness with yeah. um, whereas you're right the complete opposite end of the spectrum things like uh, developers and data analysts and strategists they'll get ninja mm, and, yeah. and 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 all and all kinds of things like that and i think it's something although it might not be doing uh intentionally it's something that we can sort of check ourselves yeah. and and yeah. on the recruiter side of things make sure that uh we're starting off yeah uh, on, on an even playing field do you know i think that's completely hit the nail on the head and it's the for me it's the kind of if you think about Okay, I may have complained a couple of times on social media if like my train's late or something. And it's really easy to forget that the person I'm or the handle I'm complaining to or the page I'm complaining to mm. is a person mm -hmm, because it has mm -hmm. got the logo of the transport company that's just annoyed me. So I'm like, how dare you? I'm late again. And it's really <laughs> quite easy to turn that from how dare you? I'm late again to you are a terrible 
human being for yeah. even, you know, yeah. you're yeah. not helping me. And I think at the fundamental need for a community manager, it's to fight fires and to manage people and their happiness in a way. Mm. You know, when you go mm. to social, it's either to boast about something that you love, mm. to shout about something you're excited about or to complain about something you're really annoyed at. And it's that managing those, like if we were having a conversation now and you guys were screaming at me because you were really upset with something I had done, I would be like, I'm really sorry, I'm trying to help. You know, I want to make it better. And I think, again, that appeals to the sort of the caregiver side, the yeah. more empathetic side, the side of that stereotype, mm. a, a woman that can go in there and sort of yeah. mother somebody back to feeling mm. great yeah. about mm. whatever it is they're and complaining not be, about. And not be sort of hot-headed in response as well. Yeah. Cause you think the amount of like trolls you get and even on the positive side, yeah. dealing with that yeah. uh, big of an influx, especially mm. if it's a big brand with a big audience, a lot of messages you'll get every day, a lot of tweets mm. in. Yeah. Um, and whether it's like positive stuff and you have to be like, yay, like in response, if it's negative and you have to be like, I'm sorry, it's mm. that's a massive yeah. emotional toll oh, to have. Oh, it's such a roller coaster. Um, yeah, it's every such day. a roller coaster. And I think you have to be really emotionally intelligent and talented to be able to go, okay, I know how to respond to this without mm. a knee jerk reaction. Yeah. And I mean, we again, we might be skipping ahead on some questions, but it gets me thinking about like, if you were expected to deal with this level of emotional up and down, if you're not being provided any kind of support for your well-being, your mental health, your even your basic break times, mm. if you're not getting that in an official sort of structured support way as part of your benefits, which I don't think anybody necessarily has that written in as a social media mm. manager to their job spec, which I think needs to be there. Like how are you coping? Like How are you coping with that stress if something does go wrong or as you say, if something goes right. Mm. I did um, a workshop a couple of weeks ago uh, with a social media team to sort of help them prove the buy-in, oh, sorry, prove the worth of their work to secure more buy-in from the senior side of things. And there was a, a guy in there, I mean, I think he was 21. He was, I joined this company. I had an instant viral hit. He did a video that went like millions of hits kind of thing and suddenly the bar for his performance was set very very high yeah and it's the record, every time yeah it's the record breaking <laughs> video for i said what what made the video viral like what do you think made it what did you do anything special was there anything that you can put your finger on he was like nope <laughs> it just, just a perfect went. storm it yeah. just right happened place, right time mm. yeah but so as a result less, everyone it? like all his videos his whole it's a big team there's like 20 on the team and of course, the the senior uh, management side, they all are expecting him to be able to do it again. And he's like, I'm going to try. But of course, <laughs> that's why not you don't want to go viral. To I know, I know, because suddenly you're that guy or you're that girl yeah. who did that. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got to do it again. Or if you went to another business, the steel company, mm. great, he had viral hits where he can do it for us. It's, I know there's a lot of things you can do with paid with targeting everything to help the cause, influencers, etc. But it's not, there's no tried tested formula. I mean, you guys, I think mm. are pretty close to hitting on it. But you know, there's no tried tested formula to guarantee something to travel across no. the internet. And that pressure on a social media manager as well is another, you know, yeah. victim of your own success kind of thing. Enormous. Do you know what to, to throw in a football analogy there because I've not crowbarred <laughs> one in for a while it's, it, it strikes me exactly like scoring a goal in the first minute and then having to defend that lead for 89 minutes and going on to lose 5-1 it's like yeah it, you're, you're right it's completely like you're asking somebody to you know 
almost make miracles every yeah. single time yeah. of anything that yeah. they turn their hand mm-hmm. to. And, and like you said, so much of it is can just be a perfect storm, right place, right time. You know, the algorithm might have been feeling, you know, particularly friendly that day or whatever. Mm, yeah. It's it's completely, yeah. you could have, like, I don't one, envy it at all. One person with a large following might have happened yeah. across it mm-hmm. and their exactly. engagement has yeah. propelled it to like loads of other people, but that doesn't happen every time and Not you can't guarantee it'll happen <laughs> at all. To stick on football just very quickly, I think uh, the role of the social media manager as a football club is a very interesting subject and a, you could mm-hmm. dedicate an entire podcast to because think of the emotional ups and downs that you as a fan... Mm running that account have but also the abuse the stress real tight live tweeting the pressure of that. i mean mm. it must just be emotions running very high so true, yeah. so yeah. true. It's, it's, so, a, it's really in, i'd love to talk so to, well. to them yeah the the level of I, I i often find it's it's getting to a point where a twitter feed is almost you know up there with punditry if not yeah. on the same level now yeah. you know the, the the way people cover the game mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The, i always think as well when you see sort of um like big Twitter accounts for big brands get, get like press coverage. So when I think it was it's a year ago now, but all the fast food companies were like having this ongoing banter between them and it was getting yeah. constantly covered. And I just think like you forget your little Burger Kings being so jokes, yeah. but you think that's like a couple of people, maybe three, four yeah. people having yeah. this between themselves and they'll have done it naturally. You know, yeah. it won't have been a let's sit down in a meeting and discuss that we're going to do that. Someone mm-hmm. will have had that idea yeah. and got and, and it's the story's gone massive and I bet the least they'll have or the most they'll have got out of it is a pat on the back yeah well done yeah it's the money can't buy kind of advertising that Mm. you know obviously opens up everybody's eyes to needing to be on social and needing these viral hits but as you say it's usually a couple of people that have just taken a chance and probably a risk Mm. because you know what happens if their senior team think that that's not the right way to use it yeah, which is not on brand, not on also where frustration comes with the trust side for social media managers oh, yeah. so as I said earlier your community manager social media manager they know obviously with the support of social listening to- tools but they generally know the sentiment and the feeling of that community whether it's negative positive or temperamental so they will have loads of ideas and loads of like plans for what they could try and push out and think that it would work or not but if you've got somebody who doesn't necessarily trust that level because it's seen as junior and they, they haven't got the experience to let them run with doing something like mm. that or let them give it a go. Yeah. Then again, that sort of fosters this. Well, we're never going to be able to try these things yeah. because I can't prove that it's worth something. It's such a shame as well when a lot of them are so young or even if they're not young in age, they'll be probably new to the business yeah. and you don't yeah. want to... Um, crush their spirit so to speak before they're even you know getting going in the industry but I think like you're right the training and support side of things is so important Um, and I think there should definitely be more of that Mm -hmm. in the workplace that I feel quite fortunate I've been um, slating (laughs) my old company but whilst I worked there for my first year Mm -hmm. I was um, studying my apprenticeship in social media so I had a lot of support and training on that side and I think had it not been for that I mightn't have um, felt fallen in love with it so much. Do you know I was hoping that we would touch on apprenticeships because I um, back down south I do some work with a company called Teague Digital who uh, Carly their founder she She um, set up social media 
uh, and digital apprenticeships in their local area uh, in Buckinghamshire. And I go and do some of their training. And originally when I started doing it, I noticed that it was a really young group, which is kind of cool because, you know, you can pretend to be a school teacher. <laughs> but as I've done more work with them, you see that that age group has changed. So, yes, there's still a lot of youngsters in there, but also there's people that are retraining. There's, you know, mm. people that want mm. to get into it for the first time. But what surprises or surprised me about it, and maybe it was just my lack of education around apprenticeships, was the depth and amount of training that they were getting across the board from everything from how, you know, we were doing everything, how to write a good tweet, if that's a, something you can teach, through to, you know, how to measure, how to prove, how to manage mm -hmm. crisis, how to mm -hmm. create content, like everything. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, that's the type of training that these these people need. And yes, mm -hmm. they are of the the native generation, they've never not known social, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean they're doesn't natural mean they born the masters. No, yeah, no, they're no, natural course, born, they know the you know, yeah. people who can look after customer service, etc., and all those many hats that everyone wears. So I think apprenticeships actually is a really good place to look at the, the training that is needed. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of great self-study that you can do, and that is part of it. But having people come in and, mm. and talk to you about real life experience mm. and set you to the test. You get education in sort of all manner of areas yeah. as well, which yeah. I think comes back to your point about um, it being a rite of passage because mm -hmm. we can go over the problems that social media managers face. But I think because we do still want it to be uh, a prospective career for a lot of people, young people as well, yeah. it is important to, to point out the positives as well. And I think that sort of skill set, whether it's, you know, your editorial copywriting skills to uh, analytics yeah. or, or content creation or videography, uh, it's a good foot in the door for, for all yeah. of them, so to speak. Yeah, it's, I, it's definitely a door opener. I mean, it opened many doors for me, even though my first role of community manager was, <laughs> was my own community. It was accidental. I just started sharing stuff online because I didn't have anywhere else to go and perform my music anymore. Mm. Long story, moved to Australia to the middle of nowhere and I didn't <laughs> have the opportunities that I had to just stand up in London and sing. So I started streaming my uh, music and questionable poetry on uh, Google Plus and YouTube. Oh, wow. So while Google Plus was a failure, luckily for me, I wasn't. But um, yeah. well, so far. But uh, I, I didn't actively go out to build a community. It just happened mm through luck and hopefully some all right songs and not too bad recordings. But when I look back at it now, I, I soon sort of had cottoned on to realising like, I need to, it's an, I'm not just here to shove stuff out. I need to talk to these people. They can tell me stuff. It was the, where community management and my love for it came from was actually spending time talking to people. Mm. And that I think is really important for everyone to remember that, yes, there's a computer in between you, but you are, you know, mm. people building relationships trying to just get on in your lives and mm. that I think is if you can keep that at the core of your community then it's easier to deal with some of the um you know I realize that come with it <laughs> I realize as well some of the, the community managers I know and you touched on it again earlier they're, they're so meticulous and have such a handle of what works and what won't work and you know the things that the the layman won't spot, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the slight tweak in the tone and say, well, that's the difference between that and that's the difference between that. There's, there's such, you know, such craftsmen and women, I, mm -hmm. I, I believe. And we, t we touched on education. I'm very keen then yeah. to round off on sort of a final point yeah. where the future of this profession goes, really, because... As far as I know, you know, you've got your marketing degrees, you've got MBAs, you've got whatever. But there yeah. doesn't seem to be any sort of university course that's really geared up to this? 
alone yeah. or, or perhaps you can prove me wrong. But at the same time, I feel that, um, you know, Gen Z, we, we are seeing that more and more of them are turning away from university. Mm -hmm. And like you said, more mm -hmm. and more people are retraining. Yeah. So. I don't know if we'll ever see a course, like a, a specific degree mm. in social media management. I, great if somebody wants to try that, but I don't know if we need it mm. because I think actually we're too far ahead to go back on ourselves and start a degree program for mm. it. Mm. I think in the workplace is where, even at the recruitment stage through to, you know, fully fledged, being there a good few years, like there's an education point at every level that really needs to be addressed. Uh, I have a, a friend called James Fruin. He's a startup advisor specifically in a lot of social and digital. And he uh, has spent many, many a times like working with different companies to help them like even understand how social can help a small part of their startup to expand. And if you think about all the, the places that social can impact there's so much training that is needed so he hits on a very niche part of it to actually help people understand where to even begin mm. kind of thing mm. but it's then how does that translate across um your you as a as a professional in your first role or your second role or even your 10-year role because <laughs> it's open to everybody through to actually what it's what it means at that board level in different areas like how you train your community manager is different to how you would train your sales team mm, or mm. how you would train your product management team, for example, who might need to look at it, understand what people like and don't like about your product. Mm. So create a degree, but I think we're too far ahead to have that. Positive, I, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I don't think we we need it. I mean, this yeah. is probably just me being biased for my own route, <laughs> to, my own route to entry. But there's something to be said for for learning on the job. Yeah. And yes, I think this role certainly. is uh, the role of social media manager and community manager is particularly suited to that way of thinking, yeah. um, especially when social is changing so often. It seems illogical to go and study from textbooks that might have been printed three years yeah. ago, mm. even one They'll year ago. In a week. It'd be out of <laughs> date. So I think things like apprenticeships are yeah, slightly more out to it but I'd I think they should be more um, more uh, available definitely there you have it you don't have to don't have to go to university to be a community L learn on the job as they as they say learn on the job the and well learn I, I, in the job learn too. in the job learn in the job <laughs> um, and I think yeah, open communication at all levels. You just need one person internally at a senior level who can have those conversations and help support you if you are in a community manager role now one person is all you need to get things being a little bit more visible, I think. Super. Well said. Yes, definitely. I'd have to agree. Thank you so much. Thank Lizzie. you. Really Thanks for having me. Thank, Thank you. you. Pleasure. This has been the Social Minds podcast with Theo, Eve and music by Pierre Flass.